Welcome to Global River Church Sermon of the Week. We hope you enjoyed today's message. For more information about this podcast and other resources, visit globalriver.org. Praise the Lord. I'm excited to be here this morning. Uh, I want to welcome those that are watching online, uh, live streaming audience. Uh, the power of God that is in this room is going to touch you where you are. So stay with us. I believe God has a word for you this morning. So um, I want to wish everybody a Merry Christmas. Um, this is the Sunday before Christmas. So Merry Christmas. If you want to wish your neighbor Merry Christmas, shake their hands. Uh, love on them. Merry Christmas. Merry Christmas. Jesus is alive. Hallelujah. So today, I, uh, the Lord put in my heart to speak on Jehovah Jireh. Jehovah Jireh. Hallelujah. So you may say it differently, but that's okay. Jehovah Jireh, Jehovah Jireh is the same thing. Glory to God. And it's a compliment message of a message that I preached uh, the last time I was here on the Good Shepherd. So what is Jehovah Jireh? You find that in Genesis 22 verse 8. Uh, it's a story of Abraham when he was about to offer his son as an offering. And God spoke to him, and he said, in that passage, the definition is Jehovah will see. Jehovah Jireh, Jehovah will provide. Praise the Lord. When you think of Jehovah Jireh, many times the first thing that comes to your mind is provision. But I'm, t- I'm here to talk to you today and to tell you that he's not just Jehovah Jireh. He's Jehovah Nisi. He's Jehovah Sidekenu. Is Jehovah Rohi, is God that is more than enough. Amen? I bring good news this morning. Is God that is more than enough. You know, when you talk about God, you can't talk about him in parts and pieces. That's why I brought this Rubik's Cube. You know, when you see a Rubik's Cube, they have different colors and different sides to it. So um, when I'm talking about Jehovah Jireh, I cannot but speak about Jehovah Nisi. Amen? When I'm talking about Jehovah Jireh, I cannot talk, but talk about Jehovah Rapha, the God that heals. Amen? So I want you to go along with me this morning. God has something to deposit in your heart. Amen? Like I said, God has many names and attributes, and Jehovah Jireh happens to be one of them. He is also known as El Shaddai. El Shaddai, the God that is more than enough. Is not just enough, is more than enough. Somebody needs to hear that this morning. The God that is more than enough. I'm not just talking about provision. Is God that is more than enough when it comes to salvation. Is God that is more than enough when it comes to healing. Is God that is more than enough in any area and every area of your life. Amen? Glory to Jesus. In Genesis 35 verse 11. And God said to him, I am God Almighty, which is El Shaddai. Be fruitful and multiply. A nation and a company of nations shall be of thee, and kings shall come out of your loins. Praise the Lord. The Bible also says, God was speaking to Moses when he was going to deliver a message to the children of Israel. He said, when I show up to them, who should I say sent me? Say, say to them, I am that I am sent you. In other words, I'm giving you a blank check. Put whatever you want in there. So don't get mad at me if I'm filling my check with some good stuff. Take your own check and put whatever you need. He is God that is more than enough. Come on. He is God that is more than enough. Help me tell your neighbor, he is the God that is more than enough. More than enough. More than enough blessing. More than enough healing. More than enough salvation. More than enough, more than enough, more than enough. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. I'm just trying to control myself. So one of the, when, you look at, when you look at God, with all humility in my heart, with all humbleness in my heart, you know, when you think about John the Revelator, when he went to heaven, he would describe the streets of gold. And he would describe the, the, the throne of God, the rainbows, and all the things that he saw there. And he would say, they look like, they look like. 
So, for example, if you know somebody that has never been to the U.S., they've never seen any image of the U.S., and you're trying to describe what the U.S. looks like to them, you'll be using what they can relate to. And that's what John was doing in the book of Revelation. He was describing heaven to us in the way that we can comprehend. So when I'm beginning to talk about God this morning, he is the in, I'm trying to find the words. He is the God that is indescribable. Amen? So what I'm about to do to describe him doesn't even touch who he is. Amen? He is the more than enough God. This is a message for somebody this morning and many somebodies in this house. God is speaking to you this morning. I've got you. I've got you. It's going to turn out into praise. Amen? It's going to turn out into praise. That's a message for somebody this morning. He is not finished with you. He is the God that is more than enough. So when we think about the, the attributes or the nature of God, one of the nature of God is a God that never changes. I put some scriptures there for us to reference. My favorite one, Hebrews 13, Jesus Christ is the same yesterday, today, and forevermore. When I was a younger believer, I used to think that the Old Testament and the New Testament, the God of the Old Testament is different from the God of the New Testament. But I found out from the Word of God that He never changes. He never changes. Now, under the Old Covenant, they have a different covenant than we do. But it's the same God that he was when he was talking to Abraham, that he was in Matthew, and he is today. Jesus Christ is the same yesterday, today, and forever. So that means what Jesus did in John chapter 11, which we are going to get to hopefully with time, uh, with the raising of Lazarus, he is going to do today. Because otherwise, if, he, if he's not the same yesterday, today, and forever, that means if we, we won't know what to expect from him. Amen? He already told us in his word, I am that I am. What do you want God to be for you today in this Christmas season? The God that is more than enough. Praise the Lord. So we are talking about Jesus this morning. In Numbers 23 verse 19, the Bible said, God is not a man that he should lie, nor the son of man that he should repent. Oops, I changed my mind. As he said, will he not do? As he spoken, and will he not make it good? I don't know what God has spoken to you in the place of prayer. Prophetic word that you have received. And it looked like it's not going to work. It's look, it looks like it's never going to happen. I'm here to tell you today, God, there is more than enough. It's more than enough to make it good. Amen? It's more than enough to make it good. In James chapter 1, verse 17, the Bible says, Every good gift and every perfect gift is from above and comes from the Father of light, with whom there is no variation of shadow of turning. Now, it's Romans eleven twenty nine, The Bible says, For the gifts and the callings of God are without repentance. You know, two or three weeks ago, Lisa was preaching here, and he was talk she was talking about gifts and callings and finding your purpose. That was a very nice side of it, but I want to, I want to inject uh, a very somber side of it. That scripture that we just read, the scripture says, the gifts and the callings of God upon your life are without repentance. God don't change his mind. Amen? God has not changed his mind. What he has called you to do, one day you are going to stand before him and give an account. Oh, I, I, there was a video that was made many uh, years ago. I actually used it in a message that I did many years ago. In the video, you see four people. They show up, and they are presenting themselves before the Lord. There was a floodlight that was on them, and then he will mention their name, like David Archibald, for example. And the Lord will say, uh, David Archibald, I called you to go to Nicaragua. And on my account, on my agenda, you're supposed to win a million souls. Give an account. And David Archibald, this is, I'm just making it up now. David Archibald said, well, the Lord, I was a very, very successful businessman. I put a lot of money into the ministry. I sent a lot of ministers to, you know, to different parts of the world. And God would say, well, that's wonderful, but I never called you to do that. Amen? I never called you to do that. For the gifts and the callings of God 
they are without repentance. God doesn't change his mind. So what that means, everyone in this room, you're going to give an account for all the messages you've heard in the past, this scripture that you're hearing right now, and what I'm saying this morning. Because God is going to say to you, I called you, I anointed you, I equipped you. What did you do with that which I put on the inside of you? What I'm doing this morning is a part of God's assignment for my life. Amen? So me being in front of you and speaking like this and not being nervous and all that, is not because I am anything. It's because of the grace and the power of God upon my life. Amen? It's not because of anything. Glory to God. So I want to inject that quickly. Find your call and run after it. Because one day, the master is going to ask you, what did you do with what I put inside you? Amen? Glory to God. Let's move on because I have a lot to cover. So we've, we've looked at one aspect of God. It never changes. Another piece that I also want to inject before we dive into the attributes of God is when God speaks to us, sometimes we let the word of God go away from us. That's why I put here in Hebrews 2.1. The Bible says, therefore, we must give the earnest heed to the things we have heard, lest at any time we let it drift away. You've heard about faith, you've heard about salvation, you've heard about different topics that God has been sending your way. If you are not careful, you let it drift away from you. Amen? You, you let it drift away from you, and, and the word of God will become of no effect. You know, the Bible says concerning Jesus, he could there in his own hometown do many mighty works because of their unbelief. They are looking at him, is that not Mary's son? Is that not... Pastor Tom, is that not Bishop? What does he have to say? Glory to God. It's not about Bishop. It's not about Pastor Tom. It's about the anointing of God on that vessel. Amen? You receive the anointing of God on that vessel. And then the Bible says, he that receives a prophet in the name of the prophet shall receive the prophet's reward. He that does not receive a prophet in the name of the prophet will not get anything from the prophet. Glory to God. How? Glory to God. Whew. So now let's look at some attributes of Jehovah Jireh. Let me start with myself. For example, I'm a father. I'm a husband. I'm a son. I'm also a brother. I'm a male. In our generation today, people are confused about who they are. I'm a male. Uh, okay? It's a very simple examination. Just, okay, let's just leave it at that. I'm an employee. Uh, I'm also a boss, I'm a neighbor, I'm a colleague, I'm a citizen of Nigeria. I know, I know for a fact there are nobody in this room besides my wife that says he's also a citizen of Nigeria. <laughs> I know that for a fact. I'm also a citizen of the United States, amen? So I have dual citizenship. But one thing that we all share in common is we are all citizens of the kingdom of God, Amen? So those are some of my attributes. Now let's look at some attributes of Jehovah Jireh. Glory to God. The first one that I want to start with is miraculous salvation and deliverances. Open your Bible to Acts chapter 9. Miraculous salvation and deliverances. Acts chapter 9. You know the story. It's the salvation of Saul on the road to Damascus. Acts chapter 9, let's begin from verse 3. As he journeyed, he came near Damascus, and suddenly a light shone around him from heaven. Then he fell to the ground and heard a voice saying, Saul, Saul, why are you persecuting me? And he said, who are you, Lord? And the Lord said, I am Jesus, whom you are persecuting. It is hard for you to kick against the goods. So he, trembling and astonished, said, Lord, what, what do you want me to do? So if you know the story, Saul was very prominent, and he took letters from the leaders of the society at the time to go and arrest anyone that is in the way, that is a Christian. So he was on the road to Damascus to do the same thing when the Lord showed up. When you talk about miraculous salvation, God accosted him on the road and we know the rest of the story. He got born again. The same thing in, in Acts chapter 10. I'm just trying to move as fast as possible. In Acts chapter 10, 
in the household of Cornelius. The Bible says, beginning from verse 1, there was a certain man in Caesarea called Cornelius, a centurion of what is called of the Italian regiment, a devout man, one who feared God with all his household, who gave alms generously to the people and prayed to God always. Look at some of the qualities of Cornelius. He gave alms to God, he feared God, but yet he was not born again. So there are people in the house this morning, and perhaps those that are watching, you are churchy, you go to church, you do everything churchy, you know everything that we say, you do everything that we say, but you have not given your heart to the Lord. Today is the day of salvation. Amen. The God that is more than enough is knocking at your heart right now. He's saying, would you let me come in? Wouldn't it be wonderful to get born again just a couple of days before Christmas? Hallelujah. And we'll give you an opportunity to do that this morning. Amen? Amen. So we see Cornelius, when you look at the story, because of time, God appeared to him in a dream. And the angel of the Lord spoke to him. He said, send men to Joppa, and there's a man there, Peter. He will come and tell you how to be born again. Because angels cannot preach salvation. Men must preach salvation to men. Amen? If you go through the Bible, you will never find angels preaching salvation. They will send you to somebody who is flesh and blood that will tell you about the gospel of Jesus Christ. And that's what happened. Peter showed up at his house. And if you remember, at that time, the, the leaders of the church, they felt that the gospel was just for the Jews. And then God allowed persecution and he scattered them abroad. And Peter and the, the leaders were still of this mind. And so when they got to Cornelius' house and he was preaching to them, Acts chapter 10, verse 38, the Bible says, uh, let's go to 38, Acts 10, 38. How God anointed Jesus of Nazareth with the Holy Spirit and with power, who went about doing good and healing all who were oppressed of the devil, for God was with him. And we were all witnesses, 39, of all these things which he did both in the land of the Jews and in Jerusalem, which they killed, which they killed him by hanging him on a tree. God raised him on the third day and... And showed him openly, not only to all the people, but to witnesses chosen before by God, even to us. Now, look, look at verse 44. While Peter was still speaking these words, the Holy Ghost, somebody say the Holy Spirit. Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit fell upon all those who heard the words. And those who were at the circumcision believed, and they were astonished. And many came to, as many as came with Peter, because the gift of the Holy Ghost has been poured out on the Gentile also. Because at that time, they, they, they didn't expect Gentiles to be filled with the Holy Ghost. They felt that salvation was just for the Jews. But God was saying no to the othermost part of the earth. Go to every corner, every nook and cranny of the earth and tell the good news. Amen? So while Peter was speaking, the Holy Ghost fell. And I believe this morning as I'm speaking, the power of the Lord will be coming upon your life in every area that you need him to meet you in Jesus' mighty name. Amen? While Peter was speaking, the Holy Ghost fell. And there was mighty deliverance in that house that day. They got born again. Not only that, they got filled with the Holy Ghost. What a double whammy. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Let's move on. Provision. Let's go to the Old Testament. 2 Kings chapter 4. So we are talking about the God that is more than enough. The God that will meet you at the very point of your need. How many of you, when, we, when, when I was growing up in, in, the, in the Lord, and they share the story of the, you know, the five fishes and the loaves, I was blown away. Because how can five pieces of bread and two pieces of fish feed 5,000 or whatever number of people that was in that particular episode? And not only that, there were baskets left over. Well, as I began to read the Bible and as I began to mature in the Lord, I found out that that wasn't the first time the Lord did that because it never changes. Amen? It never changes. As a matter of fact, we went to Nigeria for our ordination. And my wife and the pastor's wife in our church in Minnesota, they had a feast. And they had chicken prepared just like, you know, we're going to have for the 31st. And the food wasn't going to be enough. People just kept showing up, and they just kept showing up. And they were freaking out, like, what are we going to do? And they prayed. I'm telling you, modern-day multiplication of food. And the food was more than enough. Amen? He is the same 
yesterday, today, and forever. Amen? So you're looking into your pantry and you're like, ah, what are we going to feed the children today? You pray and believe God, and God will show up. Let's look at a couple of examples here that shows that God is truly more than enough. Second Kings chapter 4. Second Kings chapter 4. Many times we look at God from the viewpoint of your paycheck. You look at God from the viewpoint of your bank account. You look at God from the viewpoint of how much you make. And God is here to tell you this morning how more than enough. The cattle upon the thousand yields, they are mine. The silver and the gold, they are mine. Oh, by the way, some people have problem with, you know, God blessing his children. Abraham was rich in gold, in silver, glory to God, in cattle. He was wealthy. The Bible says, and God blessed Abraham, and everything about him was blessed. Glory to God. He was old and well-stricken in age, and the Lord has blessed him in everything. God doesn't mind his children having stuff. The only problem God has is covetousness. The, pro- the only problem that God has is, you know, all about me, 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 and not being generous. God doesn't mind you being a distribution center. As a matter of fact, God's mind and intention is for every one of us to be a distribution center of his glory. Amen? To be a source, to be a blessing to other people. But if you keep the $2 or the $5 or the $500 that God gave you, you hold it in your hand, God will be like, okay, that's not a good channel. I'm going to trust to another person. Praise the Lord. If you cannot be faithful in your tithe, how can God trust you with the true riches? That's a message for somebody this morning. If you cannot be faithful in the unrighteous mammon, how can God trust you with the true riches of the kingdom? Many of us, we are standing and praying and, and believing God and, and crying and, and wailing and, and, and looking up, Lord, I want to be used. I want to be used in the little stuff that God has put in your hand. How faithful are you? Amen? I know it's Christmas. I'm doing what the Father put in my heart, so don't, don't yell at me. Okay? First Kings, I mean, Second Kings, sorry, Second Kings chapter 4. Let's go to verse 42. I don't know if you guys know this story, but when I found out about it a couple of years ago, I was blown away. Then a man came from Baal, Shalisha, and brought the man of God bread of the first fruit, 20 loaves of barley bread, and newly ripened grain in his knapsack. And he said, give it to the people that they may eat. But his servant said, "Uh, what... Shall I set this before a hundred men? This is not going to be enough. And he said, again, give it to the people that they may eat. Now, the key to the miracle is the next phrase. For thus says the Lord, they shall eat and have some left over. For thus says the God that is more than enough, they shall eat and have more left over. And guess what happened? So he said it before them, and they ate, and they had some left over according to the word of the Lord. Amen? Because he is the God that is more than enough. Jehovah Jireh, Jehovah Sidekenu, Jehovah Rapha, Jehovah Elohim. Whatever you need him to be. Just like he told Moses, I am that I am. Fill in the blank. Glory to God. That wasn't the only time. You know the story at Zarephath. First Kings chapter 17. Let's go there. First Kings 17. Then the word of the Lord came to him saying, Arise, go to Zarephath, which belonged to Sidon, and dwell there. See, I have commanded a widow there to provide for you. Now, I've read this story many, many times. I don't remember anywhere where the Bible said to the widow, (laughs) somebody is coming and you're going to have to give food to him. You know what happened? God saw our heart and God prepared our hearts because God knew that when the man of God speaks to her, she's going to listen. Praise the Lord. So maybe God is asking you to do something that is uh, unreasonable, that seems weird, that seems foolish. Many times when God is about to give you a miracle, there's an instruction that you have to obey. 
on the other side of your obedience is your miracle. Amen? Whether it's healing in your body, whether it's provision, whether it's breakthrough in your ministry, breakthrough in your business, in your job, on the other side of your obedience is the miracle. And that's where you and I have to key in to that obedience. So he arose and went to Zarephath. And when he came to the gate of the city, indeed a widow was there gathering sticks. And he called to her and said, please bring me a little water in a cup that I may drink. And the woman said, ah, that's okay, forget about it, I'll get you water. Oh, by the way, remember there was a drought. So the water was even precious. But because in her mind, she had already made up her mind, I'm going to cook this last meal, and then we are going to wait to die. I'll give you water. No big deal. And as she was going to get it, the man of God did the unthinkable. As she was going to get it, he called to her and said, please bring me a morsel of bread in your hand. So she said, as the Lord your God leaves, I do not have bread, only a handful of flour in a bin and a little jar of oil. And see, I'm gathering a couple of sticks that I may go in and prepare it for myself and my son. We may eat and die. And Elijah said to her, do not fear. Go and do as you have said, but make a small cake for me first, from it for me first, and bring it to me. And afterward, make some for yourself. Now, if he had stopped there, he would have been the most wicked prophet in the, in the world. I just told you my story. This is the last meal in the house, and you tell me to go and make it for you. Don't you have any compassion? Aren't pastors supposed to be compassionate? But the next phrase is the key. <coughs> For thus says the Lord God of Israel, the bin of flour shall not be used up, nor shall the jar of oil run dry until the day the Lord sends rain on the earth. Now, I want anybody that is a scientist, a doctor, people with high degree, you know, PhD, MSD, PPD, all of that stuff. How, can you explain to me the science of multiplication? Amen. Can somebody explain to me the science behind that? Because it's supernatural. The God that is more than enough. The God that is more than enough. <coughs> Praise the Lord. The God that is more than enough. She had a choice. When the man of God said, go and do it. <coughs> now, God is more than enough. Can somebody get me water, please? God is more than enough, but the extent that you enjoy God depends on you. Amen? Thank you. Thank you. Hallelujah. The God that is more than enough. Thank you, Holy Spirit. The demonstration of what I'm saying. The God that is more than enough. She had a choice. She had a choice. When the man of God said, go and do it. She could have cursed him out and use all kinds of, you know, take her rings off, her hair rings off and, you know, all of that stuff. But she obeyed. Sometimes what God will give you some ridiculous instructions. It's up to you what you are going to do with those instructions especially when it comes to the area of your finances. Let's see what she did. <coughs> so she went away and did according to the word of, the, of Elijah. And she and her and her household ate for many days. The bin of flour was not used up, nor did the jar of oil run dry, according to the word of the Lord spoken by Elijah. Now, there are other widows in that town, in that same location at that time, they did not get this miracle. God found her. She found her heart that she is a woman, she is a person that will be willing to go the extra mile, that will heed the voice of the Lord. Are you that person this morning? You want to enjoy the God that is more than enough, not just scraping by, not just getting by. You have to be willing to heed what the Lord tells you. It may not make sense to the next Christian sitting next to you. It may not even make, make sense to the people around your house. But if the Lord is saying it to your heart, 
you heed that call and you obey. And on the other side is your miracle. Amen? Amen. Praise the Lord. Now let's move into the New Testament, the stories that we are familiar with. The feeding of the 5,000 in Matthew chapter 14. Remember I told you God never changes. When he did it in the Old Testament, he's doing it under the New Covenant. You can see that pattern right now. Matthew chapter 14, beginning from verse 13. When Jesus heard it, he departed from there by boat to a deserted place by himself. And when the multitude heard it, they followed him on foot from the cities. And when Jesus went out, he saw a great multitude, and he was moved with compassion for them, and he healed their sick. The God that is more than enough. He's not going to leave you the way he found you. Amen? Amen. The power of God will be brought to bear on your situation. So when the people came, masses of people, he was moved with compassion for them. <coughs> and the first thing the Lord did was he healed their sick. When it was evening, his disciples came to him and said, This place is a desert place, and the hour is already late. Send the multitude away that they may go into the villages and find food. Makes sense. But Jesus said to them, I am the God that is more than enough. I'm paraphrasing now. Do not send them away. You give them something to eat. <coughs> Excuse me. And they said to him, We have here only five loaves and two fishes. What are you talking about? Jesus. This doesn't make any sense. Five loaves and two fishes. I will eat that and I will still need some more food. Okay? And there are 5,000 men, not counting women and children. Amen? So picture at the minimum 12,000 people. Everybody came with their wives and they have one or two children. And you have Five loaves and two pieces of fish. And he said, verse 18, bring them here to me. Then he commanded the multitude to sit down. God is a God of order. Amen? Amen. He commanded the multitude to sit down on the grass. And he took the five loaves and the two fishes, looking up to heaven. He blessed it and broke it and gave to the disciples. And the disciples gave to the multitude. So I've, I've always wondered about this. You know, we always say this in church. God bless you. God bless you. You know, I found in the Bible, in Ephesians 1.3, thanks be unto God who has all already blessed or with all spiritual blessings in the heavenly places in Christ Jesus. So you are already blessed. I am already blessed. If Ephesians 1.3 is true, you are already blessed. So, but when we say it, what do we really mean? So, when Jesus blessed it, what did Jesus do? When you, there's something called the law of first mention. When something is first mentioned in Scripture. The first time that it was mentioned is Genesis 1.26. Let's go there. Genesis 1.26. Hold your place in Mark, Ma, Matthew. I don't want to quote. I just, I just don't want to quote it. Then God said, let us make man in our image according to our likeness. Let them have dominion over the fish of the sea, over the birds of the air, over the cattle, and over every, all, over all of the earth, and over all the things that creeps upon the earth. And God created man in his own image. In the image of God, he's created them, male and female. Then God blessed them, and God said. So when Jesus blessed the food, he was speaking words. That's what I'm trying to bring out. It's not just a, oh, God bless you that we sometimes do, and we don't, there's no power behind it. There's no energy behind it. He took the food and spoke to it. Remember, he is the word. The Bible says in John 1, 1, in the beginning was the word, the word was with God, and the word was God. So he released the word into the food. And he said, give it to them. And think about what's going on in the minds of the disciples. Like, okay, what is this going to do? Okay, we are going to obey. <coughs> Remember again, obedience, on the other side of obedience is your miracle. Praise the Lord. So Jesus blessed it, released the word into the food, gave it to them, and they gave it to the people. So I want you to picture with me what happened. So let's say um, the disciples, this is Jesus over there, 
and you are one of the first groups, and then I give you the five loaves and the two fishes, what do you do with it? You, you dig in, and then you pass it to him. You dig in, and then you pass. And then I, they kept doing that. And the thing just kept growing. He just finished it and then goes to pastor. And pastor ate and is full. And he passed to the wife. She ate and she's full. And then he just kept going. He just kept going. He just kept, the God that is more than enough. The God that is more than enough. The God that is more than enough. I'm speaking to you this morning. You need to change your view of, of this God. You need to change your view. There are some of us in the house this morning. You are so wrapped up in your paycheck, in your circumstances, and God is speaking to you this morning. You need to see the God that is more than enough. You need to see beyond that situation and see the miraculous in it. Amen? You need to see beyond that situation and see God that can bring you out. And the food just kept multiplying. And by the time they were done, they had bags, baskets left over. Glory to God. Baskets left over. <coughs> Praise the Lord, the God that is more than enough. The devil is a liar. I'm a preach. Hallelujah. Glory to God. The God that is more than enough. Thank you. Praise the Lord. I'm getting all kinds of blessings, Satan. You can't stop me. Hallelujah. Glory to God. The food just kept multiplying. Can you explain to me the chemistry or the biology or the physics of that? Makes no sense. The supernatural. When the supernatural comes into your situation, you will not be able to even explain it. You try to explain it to people, you can't even put words to it. I'm talking about the God that is more than enough, Jehovah Jireh. Let's keep the seven loaves. The same scenario happened in the seven loaves and a few fishes. Now let's go to miraculous deliverances. Woo! <coughs> Daniel chapter 3. This is all I have time to get into today. Daniel chapter 3. You know the story. Let's start from verse 19. This is the story of Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. Amen? Daniel, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, they were the four Hebrew boys that were highlighted to us in the book of Daniel. So in this passage, the king got crazy and built a, an image. His pride was so big, you know, worship that. And the Hebrew boys, they said, no, we are not going to do that. So let's go into what we have here, 19. And Nebuchadnezzar was full of fury. Now, prior to that, let me read verse 15. So they made a rule that once you hear the music and you hear the sound, everybody hit the dust and bow to the image. And so they did it the first time. The boys were like, And everybody was looking around. They saw them standing. What is going on? So they finally, the king finally accosted them. They brought them to the king. And that's what happened here. I love the boldness of these guys. These guys are my heroes. Amen? Look at verse 15. Now the king is talking to them. Now if you are ready at the time you hear the sound of the horn, the flute, the harp, the lyre, the psaltery, in symphony with all kinds of music, you fall down and worship the image which I have made, all is be forgiven. But if you do not worship, you shall be cast immediately into the burning, fiery furnace. Now, this is literal fire, okay? This is literal fire. This is not metaphorical. This is not some pie in the sky. It's a literal burning fire. And who is that God? So yesterday, as I was meditating on it and preparing, I was looking at it. I was looking at it. I read that. And God said, you know, I want you to, to tell my people tomorrow. That's why I showed up as the fourth man in the fire. Woo! Because he challenged me. He said, who is that God? Who will deliver you from my hand? I want to see that God. I want to, I want to see that as situations be speaking to you. Who is that God that is going to rescue you from this sickness? 
Who is that God that is going to help you in your marriage? Who is that God that is going to deliver you from, the, from my hand? I'm the big bad demon. Who is that God that will set you free from my hand? And, and the Lord spoke to me and said, that was the reason I showed up. As a fourth man, and I could have sent my angel. I could have just delivered them without showing up, but I had to. <laughs> because I'm the God that is more than you know. He challenged me. He said, who is that God that will deliver you? Situation has been speaking to you. Health conditions has been speaking to you. Finances has been speaking to you. You are never going to get out of this. But I have good news for you today. He is the God that is more than enough. Amen. Look at Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. They answered and said to the king, O Nebuchadnezzar, we have no need to answer you in this matter. If that is the case, our God whom we serve is able to deliver us from the burning fairy furnace. And he will deliver us from your hand, O king. But let's just say God decides that he's not going to do it. We are still not going to bow. Talk about boldness. Talk about boldness of faith. The Bible talked about them in Hebrews 11. Glory to God. And that's what we read in 19. Nebuchadnezzar was full of fury. And the expression on his face changed towards Shadrach and Meshach and Abednego. Because they were part of his cabinet. And he spoke and commanded that he eat be turned up seven times. You know the story. And they threw them into the fire. Now let's fast forward to verse 24. Then King Nebuchadnezzar was astonished. And he rose in haste and spoke saying to his counselor. Sometimes when I read the Bible, I think some things they say is very, 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 very stupid. I'm just saying. I know you've thought it too. He said to his counselor, did we not cast three men bound into the fire? I'm sure they are thinking, duh, yeah, we did. Um, and he answered to the king, true, O king, because that's what they can say, because if they say duh, they will end up in the fire too. <laughs> and he said, look, I see four men loose, walking in the midst of the fire, and they are not hurt. And the form of the fourth man is like the son of God. That's what I told you yesterday when I was reading. The Lord said, I had to show up. He challenged me. He challenged me. I got to show up for my boys. Because I'm the God that is more than enough. Amen? Is this blessing you this morning? The God that is more than enough is the fourth man in your fire. If you would dare to believe him. Glory to God. What can I say about Daniel? Similar story. Daniel in the lion's den. Daniel had a prayer routine. Three times a day. Doesn't change. And so the, the, the favor of God was upon his life so much that the king was thinking of promoting him above everybody. And this guy is a foreigner. He's not one of us. And so they were jealous of him. So they connived and you know the story. They put the plan together. Nobody must talk to anybody for anything for the next 30 days. And of course, he pleased the king too because he stroked his ego. I'm the man. I'm all of that and a bag of chips. Nobody must talk to nobody for the next 30 days. And so when he found out that the plan was really to get Daniel into trouble, he said, well, I hope, I, I believe that your God will save you. And then he said, okay, we can't do anything about it. In fact, when you read the story, the Bible said he tried all night to try um, for that day to try to prevent it from happening. But according to the law of the Medes and the Persian, they don't change. So his hands were tied. So they had to throw him in there. This is not uh, a story. This is an event that really, really happened. They threw Daniel into the midst of hungry lions. Come on. But the God that is more than enough showed up. Come on. You are facing impossible situations. There's no way around. If God doesn't show up, you are in trouble. If God doesn't show up, you, 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 are, you are out of it. But I bring you good news this morning. He is the God that never abandoned his children. Amen. Amen. Maybe there are people that are watching. <coughs> you have issues with parents. 
maybe you never knew your parents, you never you know, knew your dad, you never knew your mom, or when, if they were there, they were not really there. But I tell you, the God that is more than enough is a good father. He's a good father. He never abandons his children. He showed up. He showed up. He sent his angels and shut up the mouth of the lions. They became like a uh, kitty cat for him. Glory to God. How cool would it be to be a fly on the wall while Daniel was chilling, leaning on the lion over there? The God that is more than enough. That's who I come to talk about this morning. The God that is more than that will rescue you in real danger. There was a story that I heard. This is going to be off the left field for you. But it, it really happened. So this man of God was driving in Germany. It was merging, you know, like you are merging to, from an highway to another highway. All of a sudden, he found out that, yikes. You know, when accidents happen, it happened in a microsecond. He found out that it was too late. There was no way to stop. Guess what happened? The God that is more than enough, the car, the two cars merged. The driver of the other car was freaking out, like, what's going on? <laughs> he himself was freaking out, like, what's happening here? The two cars merged, and the, the other car moved to the other side. He came to this side, and this happened in a mi, mi, nanosecond, nanosecond. God just showed up right there on the spot. I'm telling you, there are multiple deliverances that are happening like that all over the world because it's a God that is more than enough. He will bend time. He will suspend natural laws. He will do anything to get to you. Amen? Remember that song? He's, he's going to bend everything to get to you. Amen? All he's looking for is for men and women that will believe him. Amen? He is the God that is more than enough. Miraculous deliverances. Oh, one of my favorite stories is the story of David and Goliath. So this material that you have in your hand is a study, study resource. So if we don't get to all of it, you can use it as a study resource at home. David and Goliath, you know the story. The little boy and the big bad giant. And Goliath has been harassing God's people. Abner was there. Abner was a mighty man of war. Saul, the Bible says Saul was a tall dude. Really tall. He's taller than everybody in Israel. When he was introduced and he was going to be anointed king. So Saul was not a spring chicken either. He was a mighty man of war himself. But they both looked at Goliath. And the Bible said they were shaking in their boots. They were afraid. And this guy will come out. Send me one guy, if you, if you can, and let's fight. Whoever wins will submit to the other camp. And he did that for 40 days, abusing them, saying all kinds of stuff against Israel and the God of Israel. And David came by chance. Come on, say by chance. The father said, go and give your brother some food and, and then give some food to the army generals and all of that stuff and see what's happening with the war. And David heard this uncircumcised Philistine speaking against the army of the Lord. That's the words he used. He said, who is this uncircumcised Philistine? This guy that doesn't have a covenant with God. Opening his mouth and closing it. What is going on here? Because David was a man that tried and proved his relationship in the backside of the desert. And that's why your personal relationship with God is very important. Amen? What we do in the public is great, but what you do in secret place, that's where you build your intimacy with the Father. He said, who is this uncircumcised Philistine defying the army of the living God? And they both began to exchange words. You know, what happened in the spirit is really exchange of words. Exchange of words. He said, today I'm going to feed you to the gods of the Philistines. He said, don't worry. This is what's going to happen today. Today, I'm going to cut off your head. Today, I'm going to feed your birdie to the birds of the ears. They've been hungry. They've been crying to God. And God is about to answer their prayer. Not only that, the Philistines, not just you. All of the people behind you and everyone behind you and everyone over here that's shaking in their boots, they will know that God does not deliver with bows and arrows. Oh, come on now. Ooh, 
You know what happened? You know what happened? The Bible said, Saul said, where are my, where are my armor? He said, no, 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 he's too heavy for me. It's because the Bible says he has not tried. He has not, because you have to get used to the armor and be able to walk in it. He said, no, I don't need that. He got the five smooth stones and, and the... What are you going to do with that? Don't worry about it. The God that is more than enough is on the scene. And the scripture said, David ran. Talk about faith. Talk about boldness. David ran towards him. If God doesn't show up, you know what's going to happen? Goliath will just break him like this. But guess what happened? Exactly what David prophesied, his head was off that day. And the Philistines became food for the animals and the birds of the air. Just like he said. Because he's God, there is more than enough. Come on, church. He's God, there is more than enough. He's God, there is more than enough. What can I say about Moses and Israel crossing the Red Sea? You know the story, so I'm just going to speak on some highlights. God told them, I'm going to, God prophesied. He said, your children will be sojourners in a foreign land for 400 years. And this is a lesson that the Lord just highlighted to me as I was preparing for this. You know how long they were in, in, in Egypt? 430. Even though you have a prophetic word from God, you have to labor in the place of prayer. You have to labor in the place of prayer for it to come to pass. They spent extra 30 years. Is that scripture? Is that in your Bible? The word of the Lord was they were going to be there for 400 years. They left Egypt 430 years. And the Bible said the cry of Israel came to the ears of the Lord. The Lord that is more than enough. And he raised Moses. He said, okay, go and set my people free. And of course, you know the story, all the plagues that happened in Egypt. But the part that I really want to focus on was when they got to the Red Sea. When they got to the Red Sea, Egypt was behind them, the Red Sea in front of them. There's no going forward, there's no going back. This is the moment of truth. And guess what the people began to do? They began to murmur and to complain. Moses, didn't we tell you to leave us alone in Egypt? <coughs> is that not what he said? What he said? Didn't we tell you to leave us alone in Egypt? You want to tell me there are no graves in Egypt? You want us to die here? And then Moses talked to the Lord. And, Moses, and God said, what are you crying to me for? I'm the God that is more than enough. Amen. Amen. Take your rod and stretch it to the sea. And the Bible say, water disobeyed natural law. Forget natural law when the God that is more than enough is on the scene. The Bible says the water stood up like a heap on both sides. I mean, uh, if I was you, I mean, I mean, I'm a man of faith, but... Come on, water standing over there, water standing over there. Uh, I would think twice about going through that place, you know. I will let uh, maybe Nicole goes first. <laughs> and Pastor goes second, and I will follow, okay. But they did. They crossed over on the other side. And Egypt, looking at it like, okay, we can do this too. If they can cross, we can cross. And guess what? The God that is more than enough said, okay, that's it. It's game over. Water, come back. What am I trying to say? God will go to any length. God will go to any length to rescue his people. If you are one of his, he will go to any length to rescue you. Glory to God. Um, let's do one more and then we'll wrap up. Lazarus, John chapter 11. Lazarus was Jesus' friend, a close friend. In fact, the scripture said, a friend that you loved. Mary, Martha, and Lazarus, they are siblings of the same family. And the friend of Jesus was sick. He sent message to him, text message or WhatsApp message or Facebook or whatever. Jesus, Lazarus is sick, come, you know, come around. And the Holy Spirit said, no, stay. Because I want to show another side of me. I want to show another side of the God that is more than enough. And of course, you know the story. You know, a couple of days later, he's dead. He's buried. Four days. And then Jesus showed up. Mary and Martha, both of them came to him. 
He said, if, Lord, if you had been here, my, bro my brother would not have died. Almost verbatim, both of them. He said, did I not say to you, if you will believe, you will see the glory of the Lord. Amen? And I'm sure she's scratching her head like, what, what are you talking about? The boy is dead. I mean, he's four days dead. He's thinking already. And the God that is more than enough showed up at the tomb of Lazarus. And Jesus wept. Because he feels what you are feeling. He understands what you are going through. So God is not an unfeeling God. He, he empathizes with what you are going through. And he said, Lazarus, come forth. And God is speaking to every dead situation in your life right now. I prophesy to you this morning. Every dead situation in your life, in your body, in your marriage, in your business, in your situation, they are coming out this morning in the name of the Lord Jesus. Lazarus, come forth. And the scripture said, he that was dead came out bound and afoot. And Jesus said, loose him and let him go. For he is the God that is more than enough. Come on, church. He is the God that is more than enough. If you give me three hours, we can keep telling stories after stories after stories after stories of this God that is more than enough. Now, the one important piece of the story that we need to add is your story. Amen? I'm not talking about the stories of the past. I'm talking about what God is about to do right now. In this moment. In this moment. What God is going to do in this season as we step into 2020. Somebody was prophesying that 2020 will be a year of vision. You begin to see clearly because of, you know, 2020 vision. I believe that. It's going to be a great year. Glory to God. The miracles and, and the things that, are, that has followed you up to now, they are not crossing over into 2020 for you. In the name of the Lord Jesus. I believe that. I believe that. Oh, praise the Lord. He is the God that is more than enough. The Bible says in Psalm 91, He that dwells in the secret place of the Most High shall abide under the shadow of the Almighty. I will say of my God, he's my refuge and my fortress. My God, in him will I trust. Surely he shall deliver me from the snare of the fowler and from perilous pestilences. He shall cover me with his feather. Under his wing will I take refuge. His truth shall be my shield and my buckler. I will not be afraid of terror by night, nor of arrow that flies by day, nor of destruction that lay waste at noonday. A thousand may fall by your right hand, ten thousand by your left, but he shall not come near you. Because he is a God that is more than enough. I declare in the house this morning, anyone appointed to death, I tear off that appointment now in the name of the Lord Jesus. Anyone that the enemy has cornered, anyone that the enemy has cornered, the God that is more than enough is going to show up right now and set you free in the name of Jesus. <clears throat> For whom the Son of God sets free is free indeed. I declare into mental situation, mental illness right now. People that are watching by live stream, people that are families that have mental situation. Lord, tonight, in the, this morning, in the mighty name of Jesus, I release the God that is more than enough. You know, that scripture, the Bible says he sent his word, and his word healed them. So I release the word of God into your situation right now in the name of Jesus. And I command a divine turnaround in the name of Jesus. Long-term illnesses, long-term sicknesses. Sicknesses that has name. The Bible says God has highly exalted him and given him a name that is above every other name. That at the mention of the name of Jesus, every knee shall bow and every tongue confess that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of God the Father. So therefore, because that, whatever its name is, cancer, MS, whatever its name is, cannot match Jesus. So therefore, in the name of the Lord Jesus, under the sound of my voice, Every such name bow now in the name of Jesus. I speak to organs that have shut down, receive a new life. 
For my Bible tells him, in him was life, and the life was the light of men. The light shines in darkness, and darkness cannot understand it, cannot comprehend it, cannot relate. So therefore, in the name of the Lord Jesus, every organ that has shut down, Makila Brokotesi Kalabana, Jesus Son of God, walk into your body right now and cause a miracle in the name of Jesus. Every, every, every doctor's report, I bring them right now before the King of Kings. Every doctor's report, I bring them right now before the King of Kings. And so, Father, in the name of Jesus, because you are the God that is more than you, you are Jehovah Rapha, Nekurama, the Lord that healed us. And so, Father, in Global River, in the mighty name of Jesus, it's going to be the healthiest church in this region. In the name of Jesus! Lord, today, in the name of Jesus, under the sound of my voice, I declare an open heaven for everyone that has been shut off. Remember what happened in, in, uh, on, on Mount Carmel? The heavens were shut up. There was no rain. There was no dew. There was, no, there was barrenness. Lord, today, in the name of Jesus, everyone that has been experiencing barrenness, dryness, the season is over now in the name of Jesus. For he is the God that is more than enough. I want you to open your mouth and begin to prophesy this morning. Begin to declare. Begin to declare. What do you want God to do for you this morning? What do you want God to do for you? Begin to declare it. Begin to declare it. Begin to declare it. In the mighty name of Jesus. I speak to the youth. I speak to God's plan and, and agenda for your life. I speak into your destiny this morning. Every plan of the enemy to sidetrack you. To move you off of God's plan. They are demolished. They are cancelled right now in the name of the Lord Jesus. There's mighty greatness on the inside of all of you. All of you. Greatness in, in government, in ministry, in different sectors. There's greatness on the inside of you. And the enemy is afraid of it. Oh, I pray for Nicole and the leadership of the youth group this morning. Nasutaria, a fresh fire, a fresh fire, a fresh anointing, a fresh grace to, to chaperone these great destinies in the mighty name of the Lord Jesus. Are we together this morning, church? I want you to begin to pray, begin to pray, begin to shout, and begin to cry unto the Lord. God is doing something, something this morning in the name of Jesus. For it's the God that is more than enough. The God that is more than enough. The God that is more than enough. And there is no exception in the house. Somebody is thinking, ah, yeah, God can do it for all of them, but you don't know what I've been through, what I've gone through. Ah, uh, no, no, that's the lie straight from the pit of hell. A lie straight from the pit of hell. He loves you. In fact, his, his love is focused on you right now. Oh, Father, we just thank you. We just worship you. Glory, 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 glory. He is the God that is more than enough. Hallelujah. And I'm not moved by what it looks like. I'm not moved by what it feels like. I'm moved by what the word of God says. Amen. Weeping may endure for a night, but joy comes in the morning. And this is your money of joy. In the name of the Lord Jesus. For he is the God that is more. Hallelujah. Jim, could you put some, put some music on? And I want to invite the ministry team. Bishop had invited uh, anyone that wants prayer for salvation or for a family member. Let's just come to that. And we'll... Lord, we thank you this last Sunday before we celebrate the birth of the King of Kings. God, we want to be positioned in that place of faith. You heard a message on faith this morning. So God, I thank you. When Jesus turned to the disciples, he said, when I return, will I find <coughs> faith in the earth? Yes, Lord. <laughs> Let it be so. So God, we thank you this morning. We give you praise. We, we honor what you're doing among us here. 
Lord, as we have made the exchange this morning for those struggles that are in our lives, God, don't pick them up when you leave here. Just leave it. <laughs> Walk in that place. If you got a Red Sea in front of you, if you got a fiery furnace in front of you, if you got some naysayers that said it's not going to happen, you need a multiplication, we believe that we've heard the word this morning. We also stand in the gap. I'm declaring that there will be restoration of families and brokenness. If those that you've not been able to connect with, there's been, I heard a family crying last week because they're believers. They've been rejected by family members. God, go get the family in the name of Jesus. Let there be unity in Christ. And we thank you, Lord. We put it all in your hands this morning. And we get a praise and glory to your name. Amen. Have a great week. God bless you. We'll see you Tuesday night, 6 o'clock sharp, for just a time of prayer and worship. Then don't forget, New Year's Eve, we'll be here at 7 for dinner. God bless you all.